those of you that were here last week, remember that we are talking about John 15. And last week we shared on the relationship between the vine, the vine dresser, and um, who? Us, the branches. And so I wanted to uh, go on in chapter 15 of John, if you wouldn't mind opening to that. Um, and it is the relationship. Do we have that um, one, two, and three? The relationship uh, between believers to each other. It, there should be a uh, slide. Because last week we talked about the relationship of believers to Christ. And tonight we're going to talk about the relationship of believers to each other. And um, I never mean to step on toes, but sometimes I do. So if I do, will you forgive me ahead of time? Amen? All right. In John 15, Jesus is still talking and commanding, um, giving commandments to his disciples. And he says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Hallelujah. If you're right there, turn to John 13, verse 34. Jesus says to his disciples, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye love others also. So if you were to look into Leviticus 19.18, you would see that a commandment had already been given about loving one another. It says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So why... Is this now a new commandment that Jesus is giving to us? To love one another as I have loved you. He gives us the answer right there. In the Old Testament, they did not have the ability to love as God loved. Because his spirit was not yet in them. And so he says, he gives them the answer. The answer to this question is, why is this a new commandment, is even as I have loved you. That's not an easy command to follow. To love one another as Christ has loved us unconditionally, without any partisanship, but to love us as God loves us. 
It means that we are to flow in the God kind of love as Christ has given us. So think about that. He says, love your enemies. Oh, no, 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 we say. We can't love our enemies. You don't know what they did to us. You don't know what they did to me. How can I just go without it and not uh, and go in forgiveness? No, no, no. God says, you don't have to pursue justice against those who have hurt you. Did you ever know that was in there? John 4, 34. Know this, nothing escapes the eyes of God. I know about you, but there have been times when um, I have perhaps had an enemy. I don't know who they are. I don't want to know who they are. But perhaps I've had an enemy. And if I had that enemy, would I be able to just go up to them and say, I love you even as my God has commanded me that I should love you as God loves me? What do you think? Hard. I would think it would be hard to do that. And the second thing, he said, is to lay down your lives for one another. That is hard. Now, the military, I've been told, does this all the time, right? They go into wars all the time, and they lay down their lives for their country. And I've been told that in a battle, they don't fight for themselves. They fight for their brother next to them to save them to keep them protected have you ever read first john if you have read first john you know that the apostle makes repeated statements about little children love one another little children love one another. Little children, big children, old people love one another. Now, I was wondering about this, so I looked it up in Adam Clark's commentary, and he said that there was a historian named Jerome, and this Jerome wrote, so deeply was this commandment engraved on the heart of John, love one another that in his extreme old age, when he used to be carried to the public assemblies of the believers, his constant saying was, love one another. So some people asked him, why are you always saying that? We're getting tired of hearing that. He answered, because it is God's commandment. And that ought to be good enough for us. If God has said that we need to love one another, our relationship to the vine as a branch ought to be love one another, especially in the body of Christ. So what kind of love is this that God enables us to pursue other relationships in love, even if you don't particularly like them? We are a branch, and we are united to the vine. Amen. Amen. And, and most of us will never be called upon to die for another. I pray that. 
So how is it that we are told, love one another and lay down your own life? Well, you can say, give up your time for someone else. Prayer time, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit that we looked at last week. Suppose somebody needs a drive to a doctor's appointment. You are laying down your agenda, what you want to do for that person. You are giving of your time. You are laying down your own life. Suppose you're asked to clean the sanctuary when your own house needs cleaning and nobody's coming over to clean your house. Any volunteers? I'll take any volunteers that want to come over and clean my house. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. I thank God that he has made known his word to us in this that we have and hold precious in our lives. Because this is what enables us to love one another. The word of God that Jesus has told to his disciples. We are his disciples because we are attached to the vine. And we are obeying his commandments. Are we not? Don't let me know if you're not. We are in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. He loved his disciples, and he took them into a covenant of friendship with them, with him. That's in 19, verse 9, verse 9, 15, 9. Got it? Obedience is vital to being a friend of God. Why is obedience so important? Because when you are obedient to what he says to you or what you read in the word, you are showing your love for him. When we worship and we praise him, even if you don't know the song or you don't know the words, you are still worshiping him because he is the author and developer of your faith. He is the vine. You are the branches. And the Father God, the vine dresser, has been calling you. He's chosen you to worship him, to show him your love. That is a commandment. Love one another even as I have loved you. You know, uh, there it is. Thank you. Friendship is really the word oneness. If you prove yourselves by the obedience, by your obedience, it says in verse 14 and 15, you are my disciples indeed. You are my friends. You shall be treated as friends. So I'll tell you about an example of brotherly love. 
If you want to, turn to 1 Samuel. That is in the Old Testament, chapter 18. David, the shepherd, has just killed Goliath, the Philistine. And here he was bringing the head to Saul. I don't like to picture that, but that's what it says, and I believe it. Verse 1 in chapter 18, 1 Samuel. Now when he, David, had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. I would like to know what David was saying to Saul. Saul then sent out one of his servants to, let's say, vet David. And so, verse 3, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off his robe that was on him and gave it to David. With his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Now, what in the world did that mean? It means that David now had the royal robe, the armor, the sword, the bow, and the belt of Jonathan. And Jonathan was now giving his authority of succession to his father's throne to David. What has the Father given to us? We have the armor of God, don't we? We have on the breastplate of righteousness. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have on the helmet of salvation. We have the shield of faith which quenches every fiery dart. Not some, not a few, not now and then, but everyone that gets slung at us. And overall, the sword of the Spirit, which makes mincemeat of the enemy when we use the word. And that sword was a double-edged sword. So it cut this way and that way. And that was new at that time. So when you use the word, slice them this way and then slice them that way. I've been doing a lot of slicing this week. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let the devil get anybody that I know. I'm not letting them have my kids, my grandkids. Anyone that's going to interfere with my relationship is going to get in trouble. We have the royal robe. I think it's purple. His armor, his sword, and his bow, and his belt. Wow! We are in the ascendancy of the Spirit to the throne on high, the vine dresser, 
And Jesus Christ sitteth on the right hand of God the Father. And he has given us a commandment to love one another as I have loved you. Sometimes we look at that as we say, love one another even as you love yourself. And sometimes that's a problem because most people do not love themselves the way Christ loves us because we have not learned totally and completely who we are in Christ. So the commandment is love one another. Look at your neighbors and say, I love you. See how hard that is to do. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> Brotherly love. Turn to Second Peter chapter one. See, first we were servants and now we're friends. Why? Because of the word of God that was imparted to the disciples. Is the word of God being imparted to you? Amen. Yes. Therefore, we are called to be his disciples, and we are called friends. So, friendship is progressive. And in 2 Peter 1, verse 7 and 8, the apostle Peter gives us a progressive list of Christian virtues that will add to our growth and faith and in producing fruit. So, we add to our faith virtue, then knowledge, self-control, self-control, we add perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. That's progressive. When you have faith and you add virtue to it, you are saying, in essence, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then you add knowledge. So you hear the word, you speak the word, you see the word. And then self-control. I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm a little sketchy on that one. Self-control. How about you? And to self-control, perseverance. That means you keep on going regardless of what's taking place. You keep on with the word of God. You keep on loving those that are in the body of Christ. You keep on keeping on. Then godliness. We should be exuding godliness. Kindness. And then love. God's precious promises enables us to be partakers of his divine nature. As we are attached to the vine and the sap flows through to the branches, we are walking in love. Brotherly love can be expressed in a lot of different ways, Paul says it this way in Philippians 1.3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. 
We are all seated here tonight. I think I know every one of you. And you know most of the other people that are here. So we are in fellowship and we should be thanking God for one another. Instead of always praying for me, mine, us four and no more. We should be praying for Ronnie. We should be praying for, what's your name? Joy. We should be praying Bruce needs it. You know, you got to pray for Bruce because he needs prayer. (laughs) Told you I'd step on some toes. I'm sorry, honey. Anyway, (laughs) we are chosen instruments of God. Say this, I am chosen. Hallelujah. How many of you believe it? Yes, we are chosen of God. And it says here in verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Ask yourself, is your fruit still remaining? Have you produced any fruit lately? Have you demonstrated the love of God to anyone? I see a lot of this. Praise God. The Apostle Paul certainly didn't look like he would be someone that would bear any kind of good fruit, did he? All his fruit was rotten up until Damascus Road. And then he had spoken to a man called Ananias to go to Paul and lay hands on him. And this Ananias said, no way, God. Do you know what you're asking me? You're asking me to go to this enemy, Paul, and to lay hands on him. I don't care if he never sees again. I'm not going there. He's not a friend of mine. I'm staying here. God said, I tell you to go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. I don't think if anybody had looked at me a long time ago, they would have thought I'd ever be standing in front of anybody sharing, especially the word of God. But he said... I've chosen you. It's not like I went around looking for God. Oh, sometimes I did, yes. But really, all the time, it was his Holy Spirit drawing me, drawing me, drawing you to the presence of God so that he can say, I've chosen you as a vessel to bear my name before other people, before the world, before the king of kings. So what does that mean? Like I said before, most of us will never have to lay down our lives for one another. Only one time in my life did I ever think I would. And that was when my son was in the hospital dying. I would have taken that sickness on myself and let him live. But it wasn't God's plan. So we have to put some things aside and remember the vine that we are attached to 
and your branches sticking out and the restoration of God. And so laying down your life doesn't always mean physically, but it means that you stop murmuring. You stop gossiping. You stop complaining. Murmuring, complaining, and unforgiveness stops the flow of God's love working in your life and produces rotten fruit in your own life, your family, and in your church. 1 Corinthians 10.10 says, Neither murmur, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. I don't know. Murmuring, complaining, fault-finding, kept the children of Israel out of the promised land for 40 years. I don't think I have 40 years left. (laughs) So I sure don't want to waste it on murmuring, complaining, gossiping, and fault-finding. I have enough issues of my own. No amen, please. The God love moves us beyond infighting. You know what I mean? Picky, picky, picky. So we can focus on the real enemy, Satan. John 15, 4 says, Judging others brings judgment on yourself. Fault-finding, wrongdoing, that is allowing the old man to rise up. And we say, no, no. No to the old man. We no longer are a member of the kingdom of darkness. We are in the kingdom of light. And in that light, the glorious virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ is bounced off us onto one another. So that as we sit in assembly like this, we can worship God. We can say, I love you to my neighbor. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And so we don't want to stop the flow of love, mercy, and grace in our own lives, in our families, in our homes, in our church. So we stop focusing on the faults and failures of others. Instead, we allow the Father God and Jesus to flow the sap, the love, into our branch so that we can show mercy and a change of heart. So if perchance you should happen to find yourself fault-finding with someone else, take a step towards self-examination. Satan is out to stop God's increase in our lives. He wants to bring division to the body of Christ to your home, anywhere you are in a friendship. He wants to divide and conquer, biting one another, just as he did with Eve in the garden. Just take a bite of this fruit. It's really delicious, and it won't hurt you. Take a bite out of that person. Just a little gossip won't hurt. But God wants us to love one another as Christ has loved 
us. And I don't read anything in the New Testament that tells me he complained, he murmured, he grumbled, he gossiped when he was on the cross or any other time. So why should we? If we are to love even as Christ loves us, love one another, Mercy, Lord. The spirit of reconciliation is what brings unity into the body of Christ. And it starts with man to God, husband to wife, management to labor, church membership, esteeming one another more highly than yourself. We need to make a decision to live by love, not by what we think is fair, not by what we think our feelings want to tell us, not by our emotions. I was talking about forgiveness, unforgiveness. A long time ago when I lived in Broken Arrow, we had a home Actually, we had two homes. The first home we were renting out. And we had asked them for a $200 deposit so that when they moved out, if the place was still good, they'd get their $200 back. Well, time came and they said they were going to move out. They were building their own house. So we said, fine, we'll come over and expect inspected. So he was there over at the fireplace poking and, and pretending that he was cleaning it. So we walked in and he said, well, just, just let me have my $200. Well, we had the check, you know. And I said, well, let us just have a walk through. Well, I walked through and in the bedroom there was a Kool-Aid spill that was probably as big as these two seats together. You can't get Kool-Aid up. At least at that time we couldn't. So I said, oh, Bruce, what are we going to do? So we went back out and I said, I'm sorry, I don't think we can replace that carpet for $200. Or the cat smell throughout the house. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks. Yeah. And so this man got so angry. He says, you Christians are all alike. I thought, praise God. However, however, he came charging to me and he said, how would you like it if I put my... And I thought he was going to punch me. But he was going to punch the wall if he punched anything. Well, that was hard to forgive. He didn't get his $200 and cost us far more to replace the carpet in the whole house. And I wanted to get a lawyer and sue him. Bruce, no, no, it's not worth it. Yes, it is. Look what he did to us. Look what he did to the house. No, no, let's not. Let's not. Every time I would think about going to the lawyer, I would just get so upset. My spirit would just go, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I don't think any of you have ever experienced that, but I certainly did. And it took me a long time. We did not sue. God provided the money. 
But it took me a long time to get to the point of forgiveness. And in the body of Christ, I think sometimes somebody comes along, says something the wrong way, or doesn't see you, and you get taking offenses, and, and you start talking about it, and you start murmuring about it, and inside is... God says, this is my new commandment, that you love one another even as I have loved you. It's not worth it. That stuff on the inside, the anger and animosity and unforgiveness and bitterness will make you sick. So sometimes we say, okay, I, I saw something with so-and-so. Well, obviously that person needs help, you know. So you go and you tell someone else. Psst, 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 psst. Did you know? Okay, so now the next person says, did you know? And finally the whole thing is distorted out of what really happened. And then you say, well, I'll just, I'll pick up the phone and um, we'll make this a prayer request. And you call somebody and you say, did you know so-and-so? Oh, but we'll just pray. And they call up the phone to somebody else and say, did you know we need to make this a prayer request? Do you know that you can pray without going into detail about somebody else and what they did or what they said or even how they looked? Bite, 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 picky, 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 fault-finding. If you don't like my blouse, don't bother telling me about it. Just go and pray that I'll be able to get some other clothes. What? Yeah, go buy me some. Petite, small. <laughs> anyway, murmuring gossip complaints will keep you out of the promised land that God has ordained for you to be in, to walk in. We stop focusing on the false shortcomings of others and focus in instead on the Father God and Jesus. And when we do that, we have unity in the body of Christ. When we do that, we have the love of God in our relationship to each other. We want that, don't we? Hallelujah. I do too. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that the words that I have been spoken, speaking tonight have gone into the hearts and the minds of those dear precious ones who are here tonight. Let us all do a self-examination of our own walk with you. We are to walk and walk in love. Oh, I thank you, Father God, that this night your word has gone forth into the hearts and the minds of those precious ones here tonight. Oh, I thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Could you put that CD on again? Thank you.
because we need him. We need him more every day. I crave his presence. If I go without it for a day, it's like, what happened to me? So we need to know that we need him. Every day is a new day with God. Every day we need a fresh anointing. Every day we need to have more of his presence than ever before. I need you more, Lord. More than words can say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. I praise you. I magnify you and I exalt your name. Can you make it a little bit louder? Thank you. Oh, don't we need him? Don't we need him? We don't need to be biting and picking and devouring one another. We need to devour the works of the enemy, the works of this devil. So when you see a fault, pray. Don't repeat it. Oh, because I never want to be in my old life. I want to be with you, Father God. Hallelujah. I need you, Lord. More, more, and more. More of the presence of God in this auditorium. More of the word of God. More of deliverance. More of healing, almighty God. Oh, Lord, let us receive everything that you have for us. Let us not hold back because someone else might be watching. Oh, Lord, let us not hold back, but let us receive more and more and more of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you tonight. We worship you. Hallelujah to the Prince of Peace. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More than anything, as time goes by, I want to be by your side. I never want to go back to my old life and ways. No, I'm going to love even as God has commanded me to love, as Christ has loved me. And I give my husband permission that if he finds me fault-finding, he can say, Hilda, you're fault-finding. Give me permission to say if you're complaining, I can tell you. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know who the prayer partners are tonight, but if they could come forward. Hallelujah. And if you have a need, you find yourself in a place where you don't want to be, these prayer partners and even myself can help you. We can pray, and God has said that if we are attached to the vine and we pray according to his word and his word abides in us and we abide in him we can have what we say and what we pray hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus amen and god bless